You are listening to an Elam Christian Center podcast. We hope that you are inspired, encouraged, and empowered by the message you are about to hear. Hey, good morning, everyone. Great to be with you today. Fantastic. Hey, those that uh, uh, are wanting to go to the funeral for Ruth Harwood and uh, uh, those that didn't hear, Ruth uh, sadly passed away through the week. And uh, that's at 2 o'clock on Wednesday. And uh, so if you're able to come and celebrate uh, this amazing woman of God, uh, it'd be fantastic just to have you here. Well, it's been such a lousy summer, and I uh, haven't been able to get out much and do any um, fishing in the boat, a little bit with Pastor Steve one day, but uh, I thought I'd talk about a ship in a storm today, just to uh, at least get it out of my system somehow, in some way, out of my system, you know. Like it's a new year, it's the start of a new journey. Uh, for some, it's a continuation of the journey that you've been doing before. For others, you're stepping into something which is really just brand new for you uh, this year. But there's one thing that I want to assure you of, that things will not always go smoothly. And there will be storms, there'll be all kinds of storms, there'll be health storms, there'll be physical storms, there'll be financial storms, there'll be emotional storms, there are many kinds of storms. And when we get into a a storm, we tend to wonder in the storm, where is God? Where is God? Job said when he was going through a storm that took his finances and his uh, family, he said this in Job chapter 23 verse 8 and 9, he said, I go east, but he is not there, I go west, but I cannot find him. I do not see him in the north, for he is hidden. I look to the south, but he is concealed. He's wanting some answers from God, but he just can't find God uh, anywhere. Have you felt like that? I'm sure we all have. We're in a storm. We're looking for some answers. We're asking God, what on earth is going on? Give me some clue as to what is happening around about me. But the heavens are just silent. We buy into this notion that if God was with us, uh, we would have no storms. If God was really with us, we would be happy. If God was really with us, then everything would just go smoothly. If God was really on our side, there'd be no family problems. If God was really with us, our bills would always get paid. How could God be with us when we find that our mortgage fails? How can God be with us if we find we have something like cancer? We, have, we need answers from God, and yet so often when we're crying out to God, we find that the heavens are silent. I just want to encourage you this morning, don't take the presence of the storm to indicate the absence of God don't take the presence of a storm to indicate the absence of God you cannot see in a storm that is why we're talking it's a walk of faith you cannot see in the storm we have to walk by faith and not by sight and just because you're in the presence of a storm the presence of the storm does not indicate an absence of God in fact God does his best work in storms The Bible says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God does his best work in a storm. The the Apostle Paul, he was a prisoner under Roman guard. He's sailing for Rome to be tried uh, before Caesar. He'd been serving God with everything that he had, and therefore he'd been persecuted. In Acts chapter 21, we find that he's been uh, an angry mob of Jews in Jerusalem. They came and they attacked him. They beat him up. They tried to kill him. Uh, He had initially been arrested for his own protection, and ended up being bound in chains. And after being a prisoner for a couple of years, then he appealed uh, to uh, be tried before Caesar as a Roman citizen. That was his right. He could appeal to be tried uh, before Caesar. And so uh, they acknowledged that. They put him on a ship with some other prisoners, and he was heading for Rome. But the voyage ended in shipwreck. But because of Paul's faith in God, 276 sailors and soldiers and prisoners were saved. But Paul had had a rough few years. 
he had had beatings, he had stonings, he had jail, he had shipwreck. Uh, we could say, like, how much more? How much more, Lord, were you going to put onto this guy? Hasn't he been through enough? Why are you doing this to him? Come on, God, he is a good and a faithful servant. Where is God in all of this? Come on, he had planted churches all over the region. He'd been a great defender of the faith. Paul was the greatest Christian that this world has ever seen. We say, where it seems like so unfair. Where is this good God that he's meant to be serving? And Paul wrote in his testimony in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, he said, I've worked much harder, been jailed more often, beaten up more times than I can count, and at death's door time after time, I've been flogged five times with the Jews' 39 lashes, beaten by Roman rod three times, pummeled with rocks once. I've been shipwrecked three times and immersed in the open sea for a night and a day. Like every time he got on a boat, it seemed to sink. I wouldn't take him out on my boat. He's like, like a Jonah or something when you put him on the boat. He says, in hard traveling, year in and year out, I had to ford rivers, fend off robbers, struggle with friends, struggle with foes. I've been at risk in the city, at risk in the country, endangered by desert sun and sea storm, betrayed by those I thought were my brothers. I've known drudgery and hard labor, many a long and lonely night without sleep, many a missed meal, blasted by the cold, naked to the weather. And that's not the half of it. When you throw in the daily pressures and anxieties of all the churches, when someone gets to the end of his rope, I feel the desperation in my bones. When someone is duped into sin, an angry fire burns in my gut. What a testimony. Not a testimony of blessings. No, it's a testimony of troubles. He got over one thing and then another difficulty came. Something else hit him and he cried out, Lord, how much more can I take? Haven't I had enough? It's like one storm keeps rolling in after another. You ever been in the surf and you, you get up and a wave whacks you and you go rolling down and then you just sort of shake yourself and you get up again and you just get your feet planted and another one hits you and down you go. And after a while you like this sort of punch drunk uh, boxer trying to get to the shore again. You have to feel sorry for Paul. See, this boat was his dream to get to Rome and yet he ends up in another storm and he gets shipwrecked. But God had given him a promise that he would safely get to Rome. When God promises in his word, you will pass through the waters, he wouldn't have said that if his presence was apparent. He says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. What are you telling me that for? Because his presence is not going to be apparent. It's not going to be obvious. Because you never promise something that is obvious. Our walk is a walk of faith. He says, when you pass through the water, you've got my word on it. I'll be there with you. When you cannot see me, when you cannot feel me. You may, you may not even sense me being there, but I'll tell you what, all the time while you're in the water, understand that you're not by yourself. I will be with you. Don't be so aware of the storm that you lose the awareness of the presence of God in the storm. I want to suggest to you in this passage here that God did not promise that he was going to be with the boat. He promised that I will be with you. Can you imagine you've been in the boat, you're in this boat, you're counting on this boat to get to the other side, to get to your destination. That job that you thought you were going to retire with, that house that you thought would, you'd have for the rest of your life that would have been mortgage free, that saving that you thought you would have, the business that you were trying to build. How many times have you lost your boat in a storm, lost some friends in the storm, lost some people in the storm, lost some relationships in the storm? maybe lost a business in the storm, lost your job in the storm. See, if Paul and the others on board, if they had have insisted, 
that the only way they're going to get to their destination is they're going to have to stay on the boat. Whatever happens, whatever comes, I've got to hang on to this boat, I've got to stay on to this boat. If they had have insisted on that, then they would have lost their lives. In fact, the, des- the, the destruction of the boat, it's quite amazing really, because the destruction of the boat was the announcement that they were about to arrive at their next destination. The thing that they thought was going to be their security, the thing they thought that was going to get them to their destination, the thing they thought that they would, that, that would keep them safe and hold them for whatever period they needed to, the destruction of that was the announcement that they were ready to take the next step that God had for them in their destination. I, I've learned that every blessing doesn't come to stay. Every relationship wasn't meant to last. Every friendship is not necessarily going to be a lifetime friendship. Every experience that you have is not necessarily going to last. God will send people into your life just for a a season because you needed them at that time in your life and all that has left me couldn't stay and all that has stayed couldn't leave. God puts things into your life for a purpose. He puts people into your life for a purpose. He puts experiences into your life for a purpose. They have to help you to fulfill the purposes he has for your life, the plans he has for your life. Some things are permanent and some things are temporary. But the things that God needs in your life to get you through to where he wants you to take, even if they tried to leave, they cannot leave. And so Paul here, he's been through all these difficulties. The boat was gone. Now he ends up, he's washed on a beach on the island of Malta with some others. It's cold, it's rainy, and it's exhausted. They look like this pitiful mess is uh, there. The, the island people on Malta, they felt sorry for them, so they showed them some kindness. At last, they had a reprieve. They were on dry land. They had dry clothes. They had a nice fire that was going. They had shelter. Life was coming good again. At last, they began to sense this is the goodness of God. When we were on a cruise, we stopped at the island of Malta. It's a pretty nice place. If you're going to be shipwrecked, it's not a bad place to be shipwrecked. It's a pretty nice island, the island of Malta. It was a nice harbour anyway. Let's read the story from there in Acts chapter 28. It says, Once we were safe on shore, we learned that we were on the island of Malta. The people on the island were very kind to us. It was cold and rainy. So they built a fire on the shore to welcome us. And as Paul gathered an armful of sticks and was laying them on the fire, a poisonous snake driven out by the heat bit him on the hand. And the people on the island saw it hanging from his hand and said to each other, A murderer, no doubt. Though he escaped the sea, justice will not permit him to live. See, Paul, he's, he's a true Christian, isn't he? You look at him here. He's thinking of other people before himself. They finally, they get on the island, they get a fire going, they're getting some warmth, and Paul goes out again and gathers some wood for the fire. He's a super natural, super spiritual Christian, but he's also a very practical one. And he brings the wood in, he lays it on the fire and, and the heat of the fire disturbs a snake that was in the wood and a poisonous snake comes out of the stick, it fastens onto Paul's hand and people are sitting there waiting for him to die. Think, oh no, how much more? That's the limit. You know, Paul had more problems than the people in Shortland Street. And so, <laughs> and the people are watching the snake hanging off his hand here and, and, and they were quick to judge this man must be a murderer got saved from the sea, but the gods have brought justice. Now we're there are always people that are quick to judge when the serpent strikes. You'll always find Job's comforters. A sudden illness, maybe a loss of a job, maybe a tragedy that has happened in your life. Somebody will say, oh, it must be the judgment of God. 
You must have done something wrong. Maybe you've got bad attitudes. You know, no faith. You've got no faith. You know, or oh, a really good one is you must be out of the will of God. Uh, it may not be any one of those things. Often in the Bible, the snake is used as a picture of the devil. He's our enemy. He's trying to destroy us. Don't be surprised when he strikes us in some way. Let me just wrap up this morning and give you four things to do when the enemy strikes you. The first thing I want to suggest to you is this. Don't take your eyes off God's purposes. Don't take your eyes off God's purposes. Many times adversity will come when we're moving right in the center of God's will. Paul was in God's will. Acts chapter 23, Paul's in jail. The Lord comes to him and says this to him. Take courage as you have testified about me in Jerusalem, so you must also testify in Rome. Paul's trip to Rome was divinely inspired. It was right where God wanted him to be at that particular time. He was in the center of God's will, and yet he experienced a storm in his life, and now a poisonous snake comes and bites him. Maybe today you've been tossed around in the middle of a storm. You may have lost your job. Business may be tough. You may be going through some struggles. Maybe you're finding church life is difficult. Maybe your security is sunk like Paul's boat. It's gone. Maybe you've been bitten by the serpent, the devil. It does not necessarily mean that you are out of God's will. In fact, you may be right in the center of God's will. It doesn't necessarily mean that you have done something wrong in your life. It doesn't mean that God has left you. God's promise is, I will be with you. Isaiah chapter 43 verse 2 says this, When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. God's promise, I will be with you. Now, there are other kinds of poisonous snakes which are waiting to latch on to Christians. The devil uses things. He uses things like fear so that we will back off. We'll lose our faith. We'll back off. We won't have the courage to step out into something that God's got for us. He uses poison. Poison often comes in words that gets into our system, attacks us, attacks our faith, tries to discourage us in some way. He uses temptation. Genesis chapter 3, it says the serpent was crafty and deceived them with half-truths. So it's poison trying to get into our system, trying to destroy our faith, trying to get us to drift away from God, to get our eyes off God, to drift away uh, from our Christian friends. But that's not the situation in this story here. It's not that the serpent came in because of sin. He attacked them right in the middle of God's will. Paul was on his way to Rome. To him, this was the ultimate. This was his dream, to preach in Rome. Rome was the center of the world. All roads lead to Rome, is what they used to say. And this was the crown of his ministry. He longed and longed so that he could go to Rome and he could preach the gospel. And when he was in prison, he was writing a letter to the church at Rome. And he said these words, he said, In my prayers at all times, I pray that now at last, by God's will, the way may be open for me to come to you. That was thing, one of the things he always prayed about. One of the things God said, now you can go. Now is the time. Paul got so excited. God at last opened the door for him to be able to go to Rome. And so he made his plans, got all excited, and then everything went wrong. Do you know the feeling? Has it happened to you? Lord, I'm just trying to serve you. I'm just trying to obey you. Why did this thing happen? You know, why didn't you overrule in this thing? 
I can remember a couple of the major decisions we made when we were younger and we went to go to Bible college and soon after we left, uh, Marilyn's mother got sick and then my father died. Then a few years later, we looked to go up into New Hebrides, Vanuatu for a while and a couple of months after we left and got there, Marilyn's father died and then we had some difficulty with the employer there. See, whenever we step out from w- to do God's will, we will be challenged. It is a walk of faith. Amos chapter 9 verse 3 says this, it says, I will command the serpent to bite them. God does this. Sometimes it's the hand of God. He allows the serpent to bite us. It's not always the devil. The difference is that God always works for good in our lives. Out of what seems to be a tragedy, God opens up the door for a much more fruitful ministry. Don't take your eyes off God's purposes. See the big picture. Second thing I want to suggest to you when you serpent strikes is don't withdraw from the fire. Don't withdraw from the fire. You know, when we strike problems, we can pull back from the fire. The, the fire speaks of warmth. We pull away from the warmth of Christian fellowship. We stop going to church. We pull away from the warmth of the Spirit of God. We go cold spiritually. We pull away from the promise or the vision that God has given to us and we lose our faith it's easy just to turn and just to walk in another direction, say, I've had enough of that, I'm not going back there again, I want nothing to do with that. But the fire was God's provision for Paul. It was a place where he could warm up, where he could get his strength back again, uh, where he could get his, uh, the stuff he needed to continue his journey to Rome. He was shipwrecked, he was cold, he was wet, he had this opportunity now to bring the gospel to the people on this island. See, the miracle that was about to happen was God's way of giving them favour with the people and to get the supplies they needed to continue their journey. Acts chapter 28 verse 5 says, But Paul shook off the snake into the fire and was unharmed. The attack from the serpent was attacked by Satan to try and destroy Paul and stop him from getting to Rome. Instead, God used it to open a door to testify and to pray for the sick and to get the stuff necessary to get to their next opportunity. Out of tragedy came opportunity. It always happens. The third thing I want to suggest when the serpent strikes is don't lose your confidence in God. Don't lose your confidence in God. How you respond in times when the enemy can tax can influence the next step in your life. God may allow it to open a door of opportunity. Stay by the fire. Shake that thing off. Don't panic. Don't lash out. Don't get negative. Don't get cynical. Hang in there. Paul could say in Romans chapter 8, verse 28, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and accord according to his purpose for them. Not some things, everything. Even the bad things that happen to us in our life, God can take them and turn them around and use them for good uh, in our life. You know, Paul had proved this many times, and so have many people in this auditorium. Look around you. There are people that have been through some stuff in this auditorium that have been through the fire and are still standing strong for the Lord today. They can testify to that. Don't lose your confidence in God. Don't go into retreat or defeat or self-pity. That's what he wants you to do. That's why he bit you. He wants to destroy your faith. Mark chapter 16, it says this. It says, They will be able to handle snakes with safety, and it won't hurt them. Nasty experiences of life will not hurt you. You can shake them off. The disaster that hit the family, that loss of a job, that sickness, that accident, 
that personality struggle you may be having, those words that were spoken, those things will not hurt you at all. You can shake those things off, the word of God tells us. Chapter 28 and verse 6, it says this. The people waited for him to swell up or suddenly drop dead. When they had waited a long time, they saw that he was, wasn't harmed. They changed their minds and decided he was a god. Near the shore where we landed was an estate belonging to Publius, the chief official of the island. He welcomed us and treated us kindly for three days. As it happened, Publius' father was ill with fever and dysentery. Paul went in and prayed for him, laying his hands on him. He healed him, and all the other sick people on the island came and were healed. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that God? The devil always overplays his hand. Fourth thing I want to suggest, musicians who like to come back now, is don't see it as an end, but see it as an opportunity. Don't see it as a, when the serpent strikes you, don't see it as an end, see it as an opportunity. Make your way back to the fire. Shake that thing off. I don't know how long it took Paul to do that. You know, some things you can just shake and they just drop off real easy. Other things like you're shaking and you're shaking and you're shaking, you're trying to get rid of that thing, you're trying to get rid of that habit, you're trying to get rid of that, that, that uh, thought that's in your mind, you're just shaking and shaking and shaking and it just won't go. And so maybe we find here, maybe it took a few minutes and maybe it took longer and just thinking this thing is never going never gonna to come off. But the fire was a place of deliverance. I kind of think that if the enemy was going to attack the Apostle Paul, he wouldn't just take a little bite. Like I reckon that the fangs were right in deep. I think the enemy would have like really got in and sunk the fangs really into the Apostle Paul and he's shaking and shaking and shaking. But then the Apostle Paul says he shook him into the fire. I kind of like to picture him. He holds the thing out over the fire and the flames begin to lick the tail of the serpent and you know, so the serpent opens his mouth and dropped into the fire. And so they had cooked snake for dinner that night. It's kind of like how I like to see it. See, each of us fight different battles. Some things come off really, really easily and quickly. Other things are shake-off struggles. For others, it takes time. There's a real battle. We're not to get discouraged. The Word of God says that deadly thing will not harm you. You may have picked it up as Paul did unwittingly and came on because of the fire that you're going through. But we need to remember that the fire in your life is also the thing that will destroy it. In the name of Jesus, we can shake it off into the fire of God's judgment. And we can find that God, through it, has brought good into our life and not bad. Do you believe that? That is the word of God to us this morning. Verse 10, it says this. It said, as a result, we were showered with honors. When the time came to sail, people supplied us with everything we would need for the trip. The storm you're facing right now can open the door to the next opportunity. See, it may appear to have been a, be a tragedy at first. It may appear to be something which is really bad in your life. I don't know what you're going through, but I'm sure in a congregation of this side, there are some folk here that are facing this year and going through some really tough times. Maybe, as I said earlier, maybe some financial, maybe some business, some work things, that are, maybe some health things, some issues. You're going through some really, really tough times. You've got a tough, tough time ahead of you. I really just want to encourage you today. You know, the word of the Lord here says this. No matter what you are going through, God says, I will be with you. You may not be aware of his presence. You may not feel his presence. You may not sense his presence. But God's promises, I will be with you. 
Amen. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word, O oh God. Thank you, O oh God, that you said that you'll never leave us, you'll never forsake us. No matter what happens in our life, you will always be there. We can always trust you. We can always depend on you. We can always have confidence, O oh God, that the outcome, O oh God, will bring glory to your name. Help us, O oh God, to be a people of faith that can walk by faith and not by sight, I pray, as we enter into this year in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this Elam Christian Center podcast. Please subscribe to keep hearing more life-changing messages. For more information about our church, please visit www.elamchristiancenter.org.nz.